folks, it is time for my third briefing. And this third briefing is going to be about coronavirus. Now, I don't have any particular or special information about the virus. I don't have an inside line or some tremendous amount of health knowledge that would enable me to understand what exactly should be done. But the fact is, if I'm going to run for the office of the President of the United States, I still have to say what I would do if I were in the President's position. Even if I were President, I still would know everything about the virus. The bulk of the cases are in China and we know little about them. The Chinese data is at best suspect, and the virus seems to travel without people suffering symptoms, so we don't really know how common, contagious, or even how dangerous it is. We do know it spreads before there are symptoms, though. So, as I said weeks ago, it will inevitably be everywhere. After all, millions of people left Wuhan before the city was shut down. It is most likely that we are either overreacting or underreacting, or perhaps, to put it more carefully and more precisely, it is entirely likely that we are overreacting in some places and in some ways, and underreacting in others. We just don't know. What we do know is that our response has to involve more than just disease management. There are serious economic and financial implications that can themselves impact public health. Let me take just a simple case. Let's take a person working as a waiter in New York City. The restaurant he works at suspends operations because people stop going out. So he loses his job. He was already on the brink of economic life, so he moves out of his apartment because he can't afford to pay the rent he shares with three other people. The landlord, in turn, can't afford not to have the tenants. She owes too much money in the place. And before too long, the effect snowballs, and you have an economic contagion that robs the country of its ability to respond to the changing shape of a viral contagion. Nobody has to get sick from the coronavirus for people's livelihoods and thus their health to be put at serious risk. But people do get sick. As we've seen in other countries, hospitals get filled with a raft of additional patients, and decisions have to be made. People are excluded from health care either those who have corona or those who do not. Resources are shifted to those with the most likelihood of surviving. In the situation in which hospitals are overrun with corona patients, some patients, corona patients, or maybe cancer patients, or patients of other sorts, will be left aside because we don't have infinite resources. If the virus doesn't infect a single person, it can still have a tremendous impact on our lives and because it clearly does impact people's lives. Its ability to change the way the United States works is amplified. In a way, there's an economic and resource side of things that can play an even greater role than the virus does all by itself. Thankfully, we have a little bit of time to prepare. And so, beyond whatever the CDC recommendations end up being, I'm going to recommend a four-part policy to respond to the coronavirus. First, businesses today are more highly leveraged than they were prior to the 2008 crash. They have a tremendous amount of debt. The sudden loss of cash flow in any sector requiring a gathering of people could be catastrophic to the economy. In World War I and World War II, we learned to dedicate every resource to the war effort. But in more recent wars, we've learned that a vibrant economy serving the needs of consumers is able to generate more resources 
than one that is purely focused on the war itself. So as we face the battle with coronavirus, we need to support that vibrant economy. Lenders don't want borrowers going under, but they have pressures of their own. There is a need for cash in times of trouble. And so the government should begin to engage in a bond-buying exercise similar to what was done after the 2008 crash. We need to support the financial markets so those markets can flex with the trouble they'll be facing. And the response should be scaled to the level of the financial contagion. Second, select industries are going to be pummeled. I gave the example of restaurant workers. These service industries employ massive numbers of people who will have very limited employment until the cloud passes. It just so happens that a global pathogen will require enormous manpower to tackle. Our existing medical staffs aren't going to be sufficient. So, I would announce a paramedic training program with a specialization in home quarantine services for any person who wants it. If disaster strikes, we would bring these people in as paid frontline responders. This fleet of recently trained professionals would be able to distribute medicine to homes, assess cases, answer questions, and be a frontline of support for those in need. It would also provide a bridge for those who would find themselves in financial trouble. Of course, the businesses themselves will also suffer. Financial easing can only overcome a certain degree of hardship. So for specific industries like restaurants, which aren't just facing a dip in cash flows, we would do more. We would offer cash-based support for these businesses based on their prior revenues and their fixed expenses. We would help them weather the storm. Finally, it can be tempting to point to the horrors of Chinese or Iranian governance in times like these. Their horrifying or incompetent responses may threaten these regimes, and they should threaten these regimes. But, as usual, the people who suffer will be the everyday man and woman on the ground. And we can help. So I would announce a $1 billion payout to the first company that develops either a vaccine or a treatment that meets certain success and safety criteria. There will be two caveats. The vaccine or treatment must cost less than $50, and the company must agree to put its formulation in the public domain. We want countries everywhere to be able to benefit immediately from our capacity for innovation. This prize would be open to companies, universities, or groups from anywhere in the world, even in these sanctioned regimes, because we need to show how a government that values lives, rather than just its own power, acts in the face of threats. Folks, coronavirus is coming. There are a tremendous number of unknowns. We don't know what that really means. As we speak, researchers are learning more. Our capacity to coordinate the health response is improving every day. And naturally, the government will continue to fund their efforts and implement appropriate health-related measures. But we can do more than that. We can limit the broader impacts of the coronavirus. We can keep our ship stable as we sail through these troubled waters. Thank you for listening.